Welcome to The Restless Ones. I'm Jonathan Strickland. I've spent the last 12 years covering technology and learning how it works, demystifying everything from massive parallel processing to advanced robotics and everything in between. As we stand at the beginning of a new era of unprecedented connectivity with the rollout of 5G technology, I'm partnering with T-Mobile for Business to sit down with some of the visionary leaders in tech across all industries, from companies like Fiat Chrysler to cities like Cary, North Carolina, that play an integral part of our economy, to get a better understanding of how tech and connectivity will change business forever. These leaders are the pioneers who don't follow trends, they define them. This show is their story. They are the Restless Ones. So the things that we've deployed that we're most proud of here lately that connect the world and the possibilities that it has are, are in particular our sensor and sensor-based logistics. We've, we've tied together now our entire network from vehicles to aircraft facilities in ways that can light up shipments as they're moving through the network. That would only be possible uh, in this world where we have uh, high-performance networks that provide coverage and the ubiquity of connectivity. Uh, in the past, you had to work really hard to get that connectivity. Now we can assume it will be there and in even greater measure as we go forward into a 5G world. Today's episode features Rob Carter, the Chief Information Officer of FedEx. Carter has been with FedEx for 25 years, serving in the role of CIO for two decades. FedEx's business is beyond complex. There are numerous variables, some well outside the control of the company, that can affect performance. Carter has led teams to overcome challenges and deliver upon the promises FedEx makes to customers and partners alike. We sat down in his office to talk about his leadership philosophy and some of the tech solutions he anticipates will be vital in the future. And like our conversation with Nicole Raimundo, the CIO of Cary, North Carolina, in our previous episode, we learn about how complicated this gets and exactly how big a picture we have to take into account. Rob, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. Uh, my first question really is, when did you first get interested in technology? Well, it, it may have been kind of a backdoor thing, Jonathan. I I, um, I loved science fiction as a kid and read and read and read. You know, a lot of the a lot of the great science fiction classics. And I know your dad was a science fiction author. How cool is that to grow up in that world? But I always thought I wanted to be a doctor, and you know, I kind of flamed out in med school and college. And so the you know was scratching my head and said, well, maybe. You know, maybe I'll go try computers and try technology. And so I sort of backed my way into technology. That's that's worked out pretty well, though. I assume that it's been a pretty interesting journey to see some of the technologies that were only hinted at in science fiction, things that truly were fiction back in the day. We now see real world implementations of them, and you're actually taking advantage of those <laughs> in your role, which it's got to be pretty phenomenal. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about it that the level of connectivity, I mean, the you know, even though Dick Tracy wasn't quite science fiction, I mean, the idea that you could talk to your watch or, you know, or have a video conference on your phone was, was something that was the wildest imagination uh, when I was a kid. Now it's just something that, 
everybody takes advantage of. And, and we've certainly embedded that technology in the work that we do here as well. Fantastic. How did you go about from deciding to pursue computer uh, science and computer technology in, right. in college into turning that into a career? And how did that bring you ultimately to where you are today? Well, it's super, um, you know, super fortunate for me. The, the, the events that played out that led to me getting to sit in this role and, and, and do what I do here at FedEx is, you know, stuff that I just pinch myself around. But the, but the reality is, is I recognized pretty early as I was working in technology and in computer science, which was what my undergraduate degree was in, that there was a business component to everything about this and that the technology by itself wasn't nearly as interesting as applied technology. The ability to link it to business needs, to link it to strategic business ideas was what compelled me. And it's ultimately what attracted me to FedEx because back in the day, FedEx was known to be an innovator in technology right from the start with tracking systems and computers that linked our customers into, you know, how we worked and gave them visibility to, to shipments all over the world. That fascinated me even before I was a FedExer and it drew me here. So do you have any examples of uh, technologies that you are particularly interested in that either you have, you know, fairly recently implemented into operations at FedEx or may one day play a greater role in operations? Well, we definitely have several of them. I mean, an, kind of an obvious pure tech play is blockchain right now. Mm. So we, we really do believe that blockchain presents a very interesting opportunity in the world that includes deep fakes and all kinds of counterfeiting and the need for understanding the provenance of something, whether it's food or medicine or anything else. We believe that blockchains have a huge potential to provide that assurance that what you're getting and what you're consuming and the medicine that you're taking or receiving is real. It's authentic. And so the authenticity provenance and irrefutability of the blockchain is something that we find fascinating in supply chains. That's that's one big one for sure. And I love that you've kind of opened the door here because uh, as someone who has relied heavily upon FedEx in the past, you know, I've had a, a surface level appreciation for how complicated it must be to run that operation. But then the more I think about it, the more I realized I, I am legitimately incapable of wrapping my mind around the complexity of operations. Could you give a little insight? Because the more I try and think about it, the more uh, I feel the tendency to lose the capacity for words. Well, the, the rather bizarre nature of the hyper-connected world that we serve, it's really a tale of two networks. So our physical networks, well over 100,000 vehicles and all of the uh, – components that of investment that we've made to operate a network that connects the world's GDP from door to door, 220 countries. It's really pretty bizarre. But I, you know, rather boldly say that none of that would work without the other network, which is the digital network, which connects it all and makes it all uh, manageable. You, you can't manage what you can't measure. You can't manage what you can't see. And so the technology at FedEx is really the central nervous system 
for the company. The planes don't fly, the trucks don't roll, the packages don't sort, customers can't connect and see their shipments unless the technology is robust. And so over the course of these now more than four decades, we've we've built and rebuilt and reinvented the technology that provides the pulse of, of the business. But it is billions of transactions a day that manage the you know, as we sit here in kind of a peak shipping season, we're seeing more than 30 million shipments a day going out there. But there are 8 billion transactions that take place that keep those shipments on track and moving uh, in the way that they should. Right. So as an end user, when I'm thinking about it, you know, I might think, oh, I want to track that package that either I'm expecting or that I shipped. And I just have this expectation that I type in that tracking number into a web app or a browser, and then I immediately know where that is. And it's only after I think about it for more than just a couple of seconds that I realize the level of technology that has to exist in order just to enable that one small piece of the operations of FedEx. And that's Again, that's obviously the forward-facing one, the one that's very easy for me to to interact with. But that, just that alone, it, I'm I'm astounded. Well, it, it's it really is fascinating. But I think back on the early days, and literally, I'm gonna I'm gonna start using terms some of the listeners may not even know, but things like CompuServe and America Online, where people would sit at their PCs and dial up, and the modem would warble, and you know, and you would get a little screen that would come up long before there was an internet browser or, or a web browser. Uh, and you would type your tracking number and it, that would go to a mainframe system where all that information was stored. Well, today, uh, it's obviously a lot different than that. It's very cloud-enabled, very web service-oriented, and it happens at a scale that's um, that's really stunning. But the backdrop to all that is is to say that we built those systems so that we could have control of the shipments. And, and we realized that we couldn't scale the business and we realized we couldn't scale it with quality if we didn't have very accurate and detailed uh, records of how the packages move through the networks. And especially if something went wrong with the shipment, the data provided the answer to go back and say, where did it go wrong how can we prevent that from happening in the future? So the systems are command and control systems at their very core. They were they were started in Colorado Springs because we could go out there and attract command and control developers out of NORAD that were doing it for, for the military. And that was kind of the genesis of the tracking systems. I had no idea. That's fascinating. Yeah. So uh, on top of the development of the technology that actually enables uh, the the generation of these records and the storing of these records. We're now entering into a new era of connectivity that's beyond anything we've seen before. Uh, and uh, I see a lot of potential in that in various industries. I'm curious about your thoughts about the possibilities of a greater connected world, how that how that ends up impacting FedEx's operations. Well, our, our very purpose, our stated purpose here is we connect people and possibilities around the world. And through that, businesses prosper, communities flourish, and people thrive. We are, we are a connected uh, enterprise at our, at our very core. 
And what we've witnessed in the world of digital connectivity is nothing less than astounding. But we're, we're moving into whole new dimensions of connectivity with Bluetooth low energy sensors and the Internet of Things and packages that will just stay online and provide very detailed information as they move through the networks. You know, one of the things about sensor-based logistics, and especially if you start to throw in a conversation around blockchain, um, so so the systems that I've talked about here at FedEx are really custodial systems that relate to when we first take possession of, of a shipment and then ultimately when we tender it at delivery. Well, these, these new technologies like sensor-based logistics, especially if incorporated into a blockchain, allow us to really extend the boundaries of supply chains and say that, well, the information about that shipment is important from the time it's manufactured to the time it actually gets used in the operating room or, you know, however that, that series of events takes place or from the time that the seed gets put in the ground to the time that the food gets consumed. And, and sensors are playing a vital role in providing that end-to-end -end visibility and accountability inside of supply chains. We've tied together now our entire network from vehicles to aircraft facilities in ways that can light up shipments as they're moving through the network. That would only be possible uh, in this world where we have uh, high-performance networks that provide coverage and the ubiquity of connectivity. Uh, in the past, you had to work really hard to get that connectivity. Now we can assume it will be there and in even greater measure as we go forward into a 5G world. When you accumulate that many sensors, you're talking about enormous amounts of information. It's only now that we're starting to see the capability of handling that. And at the same time, we're seeing the development of how to process that information in meaningful ways. Uh, you know, we we talked about uh, in the past about the the era of of big data, we being just the general public, but now we're in that era and we're in a new era where we're learning exactly how to to use that big data in ways that just ten years ago would have been impossible. We we're able to recognize things like patterns that were not evident on a smaller scale. Uh, are you? encountering things of that nature. I mean, I, I would imagine the operations of FedEx, you're talking about patterns that are truly enormous. Well, everything from weather patterns, which the richness around data and weather, I mean, weather is something that we have to deal with on a daily basis and understanding uh, the impacts that weather will have. And then not just looking at the weather like most of us do on a day-to-day -day basis, but then adjusting the networks and adjusting the operations around weather conditions, dynamically flowing volume to, to areas that are less impacted or unimpacted by weather events is a great example of big data in action. And, you know, and external data that feeds in that allows us then to adapt internally using some pretty big data and systems and platforms. But uh, um, the, the very nature of market data, we, you know, we kind of have a front row seat in what goes on in the world out there from a market and, and uh, commerce standpoint, because we're large enough that we get to see 
commerce patterns emerge all over the world. We get to see them slow down in one place and pick up in another place. We can look at that by standard industry code. We're very protective of our customers' specific data. But at a macro level, at a big data level, we're able to see trends and patterns that that are pretty astounding and predict areas of, of the world that are emerging and emerging quickly and would be, you know, great places to go invest or to put inventory or to put manufacturing cycles. We will continue our conversation with Rob Carter from FedEx in just a moment. We're going to take a quick break. You know who you are, a boundary pusher, a big thinker in the relentless pursuit of the next big innovation for your business. T-Mobile for Business knows that the future demands true workforce mobility. And in the new era of 5G, being able to assess the needs of your company in real time could transform everyday functions. The 5G revolution has begun, and the future of businesses like yours will be powered by advancements in 5G networks, built to reach more people in more places without slowing you down. T-Mobile for Business can help you realize the full potential of your business as 5G unfolds. Business is changing. Learn more at tmobileforbusiness.com. It's one thing to have a sensor that's really good at doing what it does, but if you have as many out deployed around the world as FedEx would, then you have to have the underlying system that enables those or else you're not, everyone's just shouting in a closed truck. No one can hear you. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no question that the, you know, that actually the tracking event, whatever it may be, a sensor or whatever is the easy part. It's the, it's the back end and the infrastructure and the management and, and the access to the data that's created that really is, is the magic that happens. But these, these technologies have really begun to be integratable in, in this modern world. And so, for example, the Tron devices today communicate directly with our Wi-Fi access points, which, you know, it, it's not every Wi-Fi access point they can do that with, but the ones with the firmware that we've installed allow us in our big facilities to keep track of Trons in a, in a very specific way. We have the same kind of capability in our vehicles and in our aircraft that allows us to shepherd these devices in a unique way and then move the relevant data through to the management systems that provide visibility or be able to come back the other way if we're looking for something specifically and have it light itself up. Literally, it can it can turn itself up if we ping it and it, it can start shouting at us basically by by amping up its, its uh, radio signal and its battery capability and and makes uh, things that are much easier to find. When you go into one of our facilities where there are tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of shipments, you know, finding that one needle in the haystack becomes much easier. So Rob, in the hyperconnected world, how do you see the rollout of 5G technology affecting what you call the four horsemen? And could you please describe what those four horsemen are? Well, the four horsemen is is really the notion of dominant design. When I started in compute, there was nothing similar about networks or computers. You know, every uh, format of compute and network and storage and software was unique and different. As I've gone through my career, we've seen this uh, dominant design emerge about how servers work, how networks work, how storage works, and how software works. And so in, in, the, in the four horsemen of dominant design, 
what 5G really impacts is connectivity, the networks and the ubiquity and consistency of network availability. We talk about Moore's Law a lot and how fast the servers and compute have gotten. Sometimes we don't talk as much about how fast the networks have gotten and how ubiquitous they've gotten. So what 5G really does is it shores up that whole network component of the four horsemen and it really makes for very high performance, consistently available network to, to be able to connect things on, on the planet. And that's something that we've been benefactors of, but we're going to increasingly uh, enjoy the benefits of 5G. So a great way to, to look at, at uh, FedEx, I think, is how many different facets there are to the business. Uh, for someone like me, you know, I see it from that consumer standpoint, but that's one tiny aspect of the overall business. And I'm curious, uh, with all the innovations that FedEx has uh, implemented, uh, do some of those actually come from some of the other uh, areas that FedEx touches, like with uh, various partners or with various uh, customers or clients? Or is it largely internally generated? What's sort of the balance there? Are you getting direction from people saying, gosh, I just wish I could do this. And then you think, well, why, why don't we do that? Well, we are very driven by customer inputs in particular, and customers are very demanding in this world. The expectations uh, in this world are continuously raising the bar about what it means to provide uh, the information, the services, and the service levels that the world is demanding. So, we have a lot of interaction and in what I would even call co-development with, with our customers on, particularly on things like blockchain and, and uh, the Internet of Things, sensor-based logistics world. We co-create with customers in the medical community or in the technology communities to say, what is it that would mean the most to you? Either that or they're pushing us to say, here's what we really need from you. And it forces us to, to move and move quickly. So how does FedEx not only stay current with technology, but lead the way? Well, it is, it is a challenge. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sit here and, and boast about, uh, about that because it is a constant effort to move your technology base along. And I think enterprises today in particular are challenged by the, by, by the very nature of transformation. So, for example, we were putting an automated locker out there, and it had to be easy to interact with, and it had to be able to, you know, tender a package or receive a package, all those things. So, w instead of building an application for that, we built a set of robust services that were then completely reusable when it came to just deploying them to, to a human interface on a, on a mobile device. But for, for us, the, the most important thing was to kind of mirror what was going on in in the wild, which is the ecosystem of the internet and the web and the connected world. When I looked at things like, for example, Uber, I went, well, Uber didn't invent maps. They didn't invent payment systems. They didn't invent location-based services where you drop a pin on a map and move it around. They didn't invent cell phone cameras. They didn't invent those things. What they did was they assembled them in a way that provided incredible value because of the horizontal nature of stitching together a mashup of critical services that were available. 
I realized we had to do that internally, and it became, you know, kind of my life's mission to decompose those great systems that had served us so well and bring them forward in, in a way that would uh, would serve the future way more effectively. Mm. Well, what do you imagine comes next? Where do you think innovations are really going to come from in the near future? Well, there's there, you know, I, I believe that the 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 future is here. It's just not evenly distributed. You know, we're <laughs> seeing so many things happen in the world around us, particularly when it comes to autonomy. Maybe is a you know a great place to go. I, I absolutely believe that autonomous um, vehicles are going to be a very important part of how the world works in the future. And so our our Roxo delivery bot is something that we're testing now in in multiple markets and. It's it's a you know it's another thing that's cool about innovation when when we try to innovate with something as extreme as a as an autonomous bot we know that we don't have all of that innovation to ourselves so the two wings of innovation are who can you tap into externally and what can you bring internally you know otherwise you're just kind of flying with one wing and that that makes you fly around in a circle so we love the two wing model where where we tap into somebody brilliant like the team up at DECA and Dean Kamen's imagination and bring to it the ideas and customers that we have around what's it going to mean to have these um, awesome uh, little bots that are capable of really moving and existing in the world that we know today without being a burden or a hindrance. They'll be friendly. They'll be pedestrian friendly and traffic friendly and, and certainly friendly to the recipient when, when they show up and climb up the steps to your front door and then call you and you come out and it's sitting right there in front of you. We'll speak more with Rob Carter in just a moment, but first, let's take another quick break. The future is closer than you think, and it all starts in the palm of your hand. You've heard the news. 5G is here. But what does that really mean? How will it impact you? In this iHeart series, This Time Tomorrow, presented by T-Mobile for Business, join hosts Oz Volishin and Kara Price as they walk us through a mobile revolution that will start to change the future of business and the way we interact with the world around us. From environmental science to law enforcement, entertainment, healthcare, and travel, innovation is coming. Join them as they explore how this revolution could impact your life and give you new ways to connect and engage. This Time Tomorrow is now available on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, I have to ask you to put on the prognosticator hat. It's the part everyone loves. We're, we're both lovers of science fiction, so this should be fine. But I would like you to imagine a world, let's say it's 15 years in the future. What would you imagine a really special kind of interaction with technology might be like you know, there, there's, um, there's part of me that says, you know, we all fall victim to thinking about the future in the context of what we know today and that there's always these introductions. I mean, I don't think we could have imagined, you know, it's hard for us to even imagine that the iPhone and the iPad are, you know, really only about a decade old, you know, and how we would have imagined a future where we carried that much compute in our pocket 15 years ago might, might have been a, a, a reach. but you know, I think what what really is happening is a curated experience in the world that that that's really tailored to the individual in a special way. 
you know, whatever it is, it's how we shop, how we, you know, consume, how we learn and listen and play. I think all those things are going to sort of be silver plattered for us in, in unique ways because of, of the big data and AI experiences that we'll have. And I doubt you'll have to track your packages very much anymore. You won't even have to talk to your, you know, digital assistant. It will just basically make some pronouncements for you because it knows you're interested. That's great. Yeah, I I fully agree. That's the future I want to live in too. So if you would kindly invite me to your future, I'll be glad to come over. Well, it 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 is super exciting. And I, I think it allows us to be smarter too, Jonathan. I th- I think it's such a such an interesting world to be curious in because curiosity now is an itch that you get to scratch. Right. And when it becomes proactive, when the world is offering up to you things that that engage that curiosity before you've necessarily even consciously begun to wonder about them, it really begins to open up amazing opportunities for that sort of associative thinking that we mentioned earlier, that idea of you see one idea and you see a different idea that maybe no one else has ever connected before. And you think, why is that? And then you connect them. And that's where the next cool innovation comes from. Uh, To me, that's one of the most fascinating things about humans is that as good as our technology gets and as big as the data may get, it's the human beings who come up with those connections that make things that are truly transformative. And the technology just enables that. But ultimately, it comes back to the to people, to, to the restless ones, <laughs> to actually right. to, to, to pioneer that path. Well, I tell you, we are certainly not satisfied with where we are today. I mean, that, you know, the, the idea of being restless is, is absolutely true for us. We're always looking for ways to extend uh, the strategic capabilities of the systems to make the business operate more efficiently, to make it more frictionless and seamless for our customers, which is really something we're driven by. And, and we have work to do. I like that. There's always... If you if you sell on thinking this way is good enough, then you're you need to you need to shake yourself out of that. There's always you always have to be striving for that better way. Well, we ha- we we have an incredible legacy here and an incredible history and and something I'm very proud of. But you know, more and more as we move into the future, people aren't going to respect our uh, our our history and our past. They're going to respect our innovations and how we move forward, especially in a world where we're not the only ones, you know, it's, uh, you know, everybody is, uh, wanting to be part of this, this connected world where goods and services and information are flowing freely and markets and consumers are connected in unique ways. And we love being in a business that's part of that revolution because there's no question the world is becoming hyper connected in that regard. We, we may, you know, sort of, um, dumb it down when we say e-commerce and, you know, and just, you know, that, you know, then all of a sudden we forget about what it really takes to pull that off. But what's really happening is a connected world where magically we have access to so many goods and services out there just at the, at the, uh, you know, either on the intuition that, you know, that the systems will, will provide for us or on the needs that we express, you know, whether it's with our phone or, or however we do that. But it also works the other way that businesses now have access to consumers on a global basis for 
whatever it is they're producing. And that's a cool, that's a cool business to be in and, and, and something that has far from reached its, its limits. Rob, it would be a crime if I did not give you the opportunity to share your Robism <laughs> with the general audience, because we found it incredibly inspirational when we first met you. Well, we were, we were talking about what the future holds and, and, um, you know, I said, look, I've, I've got this philosophy and it's something that I came up with one time. It was just something that popped into my head. And, and that's that, you know, we romanticize about the past and we fantasize about the future, but we terrorize the present. And I'm, I'm an eternal optimist. And I frankly think that the present is much better than we give it credit for. I think it's safer I think it's more productive. I think it's more innovative. I think it's, you know, really a pretty awesome place to be is where we are right now. And as we get the opportunity to be in this time of change and, and time of revolution, uh, history is going to look back on us in a very romantic way. I think this is going to be a time where we saw massive change. And I hope we're all good stewards of it as we go forward. But I'm excited about now. Wow. Well, this has been fascinating, and I thank you for your time and your insight. And uh, and honestly, the door is open if you ever need to, you know, join a podcast. I've got <laughs> I've got a seat waiting for you. Well, that's that's a high compliment, Jonathan. I appreciate and was was flattered that you wanted to be here with this restless one, anyways. And uh, uh, we appreciate what you do as well. It's really been a lot of fun. It's hard for me to pick out any one aspect of my conversation with Rob that impressed me most. To be an effective leader over more than two decades is a huge task in itself. When that leader is a steward for a company's information strategy, it's even more impressive. It is no small achievement to keep up to speed with evolving technologies, let alone implementing new solutions into a large organization that has its own momentum. As FedEx deploys more sensors throughout its operations, creating a detailed history of every package as it makes its way from its point of origin to its destination, the connective infrastructure will become an even more crucial component to enabling its processes. That same underlying infrastructure will give companies the support they need to operate effectively, even as their logistical needs grow. That's the incredible reality of 5G connectivity. This has been The Restless Ones, a production of T-Mobile for Business and iHeartRadio. No matter what you're after, T-Mobile for Business is here with a network born mobile and built from the ground up for the next wave of innovation. From mobile broadband to IoT to workforce mobility and everything in between, T-Mobile for Business is committed to helping innovative decision makers like you move your business forward with the products and services you need, as well as the dedicated award-winning service your business expects from America's most loved wireless company. Business is changing. Learn more at tmobileforbusiness.com.